Hey everyone, welcome in to the podcast. This is Coffee with Johnny Gaston, and uh, let me just tell you, this is going to be a little bit longer of a podcast. If you guys really like uh, to be informed um, on a deeper level of the ins and outs of subjects being discussed, I'm really going to be breaking down for you um, a belief system here uh, that's really going to cover a, a wide uh, variety of world religions. So. Uh, obviously, you see the title, Sharing the Gospel with a Buddhist. Um, this is going to incorporate or encapsulate for us really all world religions other than Christianity. And I'm going to show you, uh, in contrast, uh, why they're so vastly different. Uh, all the isms out there, you can, uh, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, Islam, shamanism, uh, even even down to the cults like uh, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Scientology, uh, on and on. Um, we call that a works-based righteousness system. And I'll explain that here in a little bit. I'm telling you, this podcast can be a little bit longer, so just sit back, hang tight. It's going to be really good. I'll be as informative as I can. Uh, without taking an hour, okay? So I'm just, I might just glaze over the, 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 the tip of the iceberg here, but believe me, uh, it's a great story. I'm going to share with you, um, you know, my own experience sharing the gospel with several different Buddhists, uh, but I also want to bring to your attention the reason why all Christians need to be well-versed, or at least a common knowledge of the basics of what these religions teach. Uh, it definitely gives you an upper hand on sharing the gospel, defending the faith, Second uh, Peter three fifteen says, uh, "Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have." Right, uh, but to do this in, in patience, right? To do it in patience and respect. And so we're not, you know, bringing in an argumentation or being abrasive about it. But we are ready. We've prepared ourselves. We've trained our and schooled our mind, and we're sharp uh, as much as we can be to be able to give an answer. That that word. Uh, there in the scriptures is uh, apologia. Uh, apologia is where we get apologetics. Uh, not to, to go over your head or anything like that or to share, you know, just big words for the sake of sharing big words. But when you talk about uh, having an answer, what you're saying is there is there is within you a defense for what you believe. It's not just, oh, I have faith because the Bible says so, but it is also logical rational okay you can defend it there, this is not just a faith a blind faith like oh I believe Jesus because my mom told me or because uh, you know it's it's my religion or you know I grew up that way or I just have faith no uh, the Bible is uh, also uh, provable uh, all the way through the scriptures it, it's completely harmonious it speaks on uh, a plethora of different uh, you know, controversial topics and yet uh, completely harmonious all the way through and with a, with a common theme uh, you know, congruently running all the way through the scriptures is that the plan of redemption and then God bringing about that plan of redemption through a savior, namely the Messiah Jesus Christ. So just kind of jumping into this, I wanted to help you understand a few terms uh, and that is uh, apologetics first is that the reason why I'm, I'm coming to you with this uh, you, you might you might want to sit it on the side and go, oh, this is going to be a good story of witnessing, but it's not for me. Like, I don't have to learn anything about Buddhism. Well, let me change your mind on that. First of all, just in America alone, in the United States, there's one million people that are practicing Buddhist, okay? Or at least say that they 
They practice Buddhism, okay? Um, now, some people, just like Christianity, would, would just say by name, yeah, I practice Buddhism, and yet they're not really what you'd call an Orthodox Buddhist. I think that's the wrong terminology, but they wouldn't be uh, considered like a practicing Buddhist. There's different sects of Buddhism. I'm probably going to butcher these terms, so just bear with me here, okay, guys? But let me just say this, 613 million people worldwide practice Buddhism. I have run into uh, several different encounters with Buddhists, and I want to share with you not only about Buddhism, uh, but I want to share with you how to witness to other world religions, okay, and how to give a person a logical response to why Christianity is true. And uh, hey, let's dive right in. All right, so Buddhism founder uh, Siddhartha Gautama, a prince from northern India near modern Nepal who lived about 563 to 483 B.C. The scriptures that they follow are various, but the oldest uh, and most authoritative are compiled in the Pali Canon. Um, General description of Buddhism is it's a belief system of those who follow the Buddha. The Enlightened One, a title given to its founder, the religion has evolved into three main schools. And so if I say these words, I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to butcher them, but I'm just going to try. I'm going to give it my, my best shot. Okay, guys. Uh, the Theravada uh, or the Doctrine of the Elders is what they would call it. And that's about 38%. Uh, and it's followed in by the San, uh, the Sri Lanka. Um, and this is where it's been, it's been practiced in like Thailand and Cambodia and Cambodia and Vietnam. The second sect of Buddhism is the Mahayana, or uh, the greater vehicle, which is 56%, which is strong in China, Korea, and Japan. Then there's a third sect, which is, which is the, uh, the Vahrayana, uh, also called uh, Tantrism, which is 6%, and is rooted in Tibet, Nepal, and Mongolia. That gives you a little bit of a background of, of what we're dealing with here. Um, but it's the, the last sect is closest to his original doctrines. Um, it does not treat Buddha as deity uh, and regards the faith as a worldview, not a type of worship. Mahayana uh, has accommodated many different beliefs and worships, the Buddha as God. Uh, Varyana has added elements of shamanism and the occult and includes to, uh, taboo breaking or intentional immorality as means of spiritual enlightenment. So there's there's a growth in the United States of, of some of these sects. Now, most of it obviously is more uh, you know, atheistic. Let me just say Buddhism was founded as a form of atheism that rejected more ancient beliefs in a permanent personal creator God who controlled the eternal destiny of human souls. Uh, Satahara, the, the founder, rejected more ancient theistic beliefs because of the difficulty he had over reconciling the reality of suffering, judgment, and evil with the existence of good, uh, a good and holy God. Um, all right, so without really going any further into some of the, uh, the information on Buddhism, I want to share with you uh, the story. This is me sharing the gospel with a Buddhist locked in a truck. But first, are you a fan of reading articles, reading blogs? Well, this is actually 
a blog that's on our website. So you can actually go to reachmycity.com. But one of the best ways to actually access this story and really even the more details of Buddhism and even some of the, the things I didn't get to share on this podcast on how to witness to them is found actually in this article. So I highly suggest you go there. One of the greatest ways to access all of our content is going to your app store. So either the Google Play Store on Android or the Apple App Store. Just type in Reach My City. It's a free app that has all of our videos, all of our podcasts, and all of our articles. And so this right here is good information, but if you want further uh, information on the story and also how to witness to a Buddhist, I greatly encourage you to go there and look up Sharing the Gospel with the Buddhist. All right, so getting right into the story here, uh, the moment you've all been waiting for. I have several stories of witnessing to Buddhists, but this one is probably the most interesting uh, just because I was able to have, I guess you'd call the full conversation of the gospel with this person. Um, I'm going to get into just uh, just more of a simplistic um, style of telling this story, but like I said, there is a, a more elaborate story online uh, through the article. So there was a man who was in front of our workplace. I work in an insurance office, and he had gone into the salon next door and made... Uh, <laughs> All the hairdressers feel really uncomfortable because he was kind of creepy. He was uh, being perverted and things like that. He was an older gentleman who was, in my estimation, a little bit tipsy. Not drunk, but you'd say he'd been drinking a little bit. He's actually, um, you know, a man that lived down the street. Now, we do have stragglers and, little, you know, just like any city, people who walk through the city from the interstate exit, because we are right off an interstate exit between Mobile and Mississippi, and uh, But this guy was a local. His truck broke down just about a mile up the road, and he had walked. And so anyway, he ended up there, and uh, the, the head um, you know, salon owner came to me because I was the only man in the complex. This area that I work has a church, a salon, and then an insurance office that I work in, and I was the only man there. So she said, hey, please get this guy to move along. Uh, he's causing problems. I don't want to have to call the police or whatever. So I went out there, and he was sitting on a curb. And, uh, you know, he was... Uh, you know, kind of look in the opposite direction. So when I, I went up to him, I, little, I startled him just a little bit, I guess, because he didn't see a man before. Um, and he looked up to me, and I said, hey, uh, I said, hey, what's going on, man? Can I help you with something? And he just kind of looked at me for a minute, and he said, well, you're the only one that gives a blankety-blank-blank, and he just started using a bunch of profanity about me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, I, I reached my hand down to pick him up from the uh, the curb, and I I said, hey, man, what can I do something for you? Are you okay? And he said, ah, oh, my truck's broke down up the road, and I decided to walk. And, you know, I I said, okay, hey, look, do you have insurance? Yes, okay. Uh, do you have roadside assistance? And I started to ask him these questions. Well, he he just kind of said, hey, thank you for helping, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and walk home. And I, I in, insisted on helping him and trying to, you know, figure out a situation, but he insisted that he was just going to keep walking Said okay, all right, man. Well, uh, if there, you know, anything I can do for you, you know where I'm at. And so I went back into the office. I had some work to do, and uh, I prayed. I said, God, please allow for me to have another encounter with this man. Um, and how many people know, listening to this podcast, that God loves that prayer? Lord, I want to share the gospel with this man. Is that God's will? Well, let's see. Mark sixteen fifteen. Preach the gospel to all creation, every person. <laughs> That's in line. It's congruent with the Word of God. And I pray, Lord, help me. I want to. I want to share the gospel with this man. 
So that's where it comes first is that's compassion, to have compassion on the lost. A cold heart would say, well, uh, too bad for him, you know. Uh, he, he's having a hard day or whatever it may be. No, he, this man needed to hear the gospel. Uh, you're, you're probably thinking back to the beginning of the story. This man was a perverted man. He was, he was creepy. Why would I take the time? Because I love him. That's what a Christian you know, is, is someone who, who loves the lost. The lost are going to be the lost. They're going to be sinful. Uh, they're going to have perversions, all those things. They need the truth of the gospel. Let me set free from the lies that have entangled them and the, thing, the sin that's, that's, that has enslaved them. And so how, how does that happen? Well, the Word of God says uh, that when we preach the gospel, that men will be set free from the kingdom of darkness, out of darkness into God's marvelous light, out of under the power of Satan to the power of God. And so to be born again is to be made new on the inside, and that's what I want this man to be in, encounter is God. Encounter the truth of the gospel, um, be changed into a new creation, to no longer be perverted, uh, uh, but to to change, to tr- be transformed by the renewing of his mind, by the gospel being preached to him. And so that's the power of God into salvation. So I desired to announce that good news to him. So, uh, hey, lo and behold, I got an opportunity. He came back about 30 minutes later, and he uh, came to my, my desk. And uh, as soon as he came in, I, I welcomed him. I said, hey, hey, glad to see you again. You know, come right over. Let me help you. We found out he had roadside assistance with his insurance. It's easy, just phone call. So we called the, the, the tow company. They came, and I said, hey, look, you don't walk home. Let me take you home. I, 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 I can you know, ride you right around the corner here. Uh, it's about a mile or two down the road. So uh, he accepted. He got in my truck, which well, he didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> uh, I was really, really excited about this moment because I realized this is my moment. So I just started a normal conversation with him, just relating to him on a natural level, and then I, I – transitioned from just talking about Grand Bay and living there and how long he's been living there and what was wrong with his truck. Uh, I transitioned and said, man, do you know any good churches around here? Do you do you attend church somewhere? This is a non-offensive question. You're, I'm just asking him uh, you know, about, about church. And so he said, he kind of laughed cynically and he said, oh, church, I don't I go, go to church. <laughs> and uh, I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, just his facial expressions and just the, the, the almost like bitterness that he had towards the, the local church. And I said, well, man, I, I, why do you say it that way? And he said, oh, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites, and you've heard this before, I'm sure. And uh, I said, well, uh, why are you not a Christian? And uh, he, said, uh, he said, oh, I've been a practicing Buddhist for 40 years. I thought, my goodness, really? Here in Grand Bay? Practicing Buddhist. Now, here in Grand Bay, actually, um, down the road from us, you would, you would say, St. Elmo is a, a, another little little town, and then uh, Irvington, there's actually a Buddhist complex. Or what? Uh, I don't know exactly the terminology you'd call it, uh, but there is a, a place where there are people from Cambodia and from Thailand uh, who, who practice Buddhism, so I didn't know if he was a part of that, um, or not, but I, I got into a story and I, I said, well, why are you a Buddhist? And um, at this point, I'm thinking in my mind while he's talking, what is the best way? I only have about two miles left. I need to get this man to the cross. I need to get him to the cross. And so how, what's the best way to do that? Well, it's always the best way 
is that they need to see their sin. They need to see. See, many people think, uh, you know, just tell them the love of God. Tell them that God loves them. Uh, that's putting. That's really putting the cart before the horse, way before the horse. Uh, the Word of God talks about how God's kindness leads men to repentance. Well, how can they see the kindness of God to set forth a Savior, to provide a sufficient Savior, to send His Son to be crushed underneath the full weight of His wrath? That is grace. That's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. To see the kindness of God. You don't. You can't start out with the love of God. You have to start out with the fact that He's at odds with God. The Bible would say He's an enemy of God in His mind through wicked works. The Bible would say that God's angry with the wicked every day. That, that, that him that rejects the Son, that God's wrath abides on him. So this person is not just an object of God's affection. He's an object of God's wrath. It doesn't matter what, what way you slice it. You, you, you want to tear out that page from the Bible, that's fine with, with, with me. It's not fine with God. And so proper, sound theology takes God and all of his attributes and doesn't exclude those attributes by just one of them. God's not all-loving. Um, he's not all-loving. He has other attributes. God is angry at wickedness. He's angry at sinners. But he also has demonstrated his kindness and love by sending forth a Savior while we're yet in sin, Romans 5.8. Right? So getting into, uh, I needed to, to show him his sin. And I needed to also use some apologetics here. Um, some uh, what you call epistemological arguments. This is the, the theory of knowledge. Uh, what I needed to do was show him that his worldview was not consistent with logic. Uh, that's one of the ways that you can show a person that has this type of worldview. It doesn't matter. Once again, like I said, the isms, all the works-based righteousness, this is, what, this is the contrast between Christianity and all the other works-based righteous systems, is that if I can do more good than bad and somehow it will outweigh my bad, that is, that's not justice. It can't be justice. If, if I come into a courtroom setting and the judge says, let me, let me hear about all the good stuff you've done. Uh, there's some crime here that you've committed, but let me hear about all the good stuff and let's see if it outweighs it. <laughs> what? When has that ever been any, any form of justice? is outweighing bad. No, 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 no. A crime, there's the demands of justice, and that's what the judge would be bound to, right? If he's a good, righteous, just judge, which the Bible says that in Hebrews 9.27, that all men, it's appointed for all men to die once, and after this, the judgment. So I just talking to this man and getting into his story, I asked him, I said, what do you think happens after a person dies? And he said, of course, reincarnation. He started talking about reincarnation. So now, if you're dealing with a Buddhist, um, someone who practices uh, Hindu, Hinduism or Buddhism, any form of uh, this Middle Eastern type view of reincarnation, even New Age, these things, uh, you, you need to first ask this question. And this kind of exposes the illogical nature of, of reincarnation. Uh, ask them this. Just simply say, Who's in charge of passing out these bodies? I mean, divvying out these souls. Who, who determines on what plight in life next would happen? 
and how many lives have you had before this? And what were you before you are now? And why have you come to this place? You see, you're, you're just you're poking, not a pinhole, but a massive gap in this theory, in these, these, this worldview. And they're going to struggle with this point. They're going to begin to paint themselves into a corner because they're going to be like, uh, the answer typically is the universe. Um, and so he, he did, he answered that, the universe. And I said, this is the next question. I said, so would that mean that the universe is intelligent? Uh, if he says yes, then that would be God, right? <laughs> the universe would be just another word for God. So he said yes at first and then quickly recanted and said no. When he said yes, I just said, well, that would be God, right? And then he said, no, 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 it's not intelligent. And I said, well, okay, so do you really believe in reincarnation? And at this point, I could tell he was kind of fighting for his worldview. Um, and he really, at this point, kind of became a little bit more closed off in the conversation because he realized I was coming with some truth. And let me just share with you this. This is just a thought. I'm I'm trying not to chase too many rabbit trails. I'm trying to be very informative here. So just this is probably the most informative podcast I've done in a while. But um, according to uh, psychology... Uh, there is a, uh, a w- let me just say it this way. Um, when a person has a belief system that is set up, especially in terms of a religious system, and that religious system has built their lives, I mean, they've built their lives upon this foundation of these truths. When something else comes against that, that's, that is a, a, um, uh, an affront on something they built their life upon. And so they're going to fight for that ground. And so, yes. We're bringing apologetics. Yes, we're bringing truth. But just realize, even if you feel like you're not gaining any ground in this moment, just realize that you're gaining a lot more ground than you think. They're just fighting with the worldview that they they have. This is their systematic worldview that they have in place. And so if you're dealing with uh, shamanism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Scientology, it doesn't matter. Fit in all those. You're going to deal with this. And... There is, there's something in psychology called cognitive dissonance, and that's what I'm talking about here, where a person, when you have two opposing uh, seemingly truths, okay, you have, one of them is obviously a lie, but two opposing truths, um, one of them is going to expose the other one as a lie, uh, this other one's not really truth, I'm just saying it's, you know, for them this is true, and I'm, I'm presenting truth, well, when it exposes theirs as a lie, they might not be able to receive that immediately, but there's a cognitive dissonance. There is a there's a, a let's just say a gash in the wall. You're you're tearing out the bricks. You're you're exposing their worldview as false. Don't think they're just gonna fall on their knees before God and say, Jesus, save me. You know, it's gonna be a battle. There's gonna be a struggle here. So this is where you plant a seed, right? My part's not to bring them to Christ. That's God's part. The word of God says, I I you know, talking about uh where Paul mentioned him and Apollos, there was, a, of course, a little battle going on in Scripture about, you know, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. He says, who is, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? But servants of God that you've come to know the truth from. He says, Apollos planted, I watered right, or, or vice versa. There's a planting and a watering, but God gives the increase. John 6, that no man comes to the Father yet being drawn by him. And so uh, back to the conversation I was having, I know I'm kind of coming in and out. Just bear with me. I'm trying to share with you uh, the rationale, the logic, the apologetics, the reasoning behind what I'm saying to this man and everything. So I'm trying to be more informative than uh, I usually am. So just bear with me here. 
as I get back to the conversation, once I uh, began to show him that workspace righteousness system will not work, I'm just taking him to a, a civil court setting. We, you know, if we believe that a man can be just, okay, a just judge, a human judge, then how much more God, who's seen all things, okay, the Word of God says every deed done in darkness, he's gonna, you're going to give an account of on the day of judgment. Every idle word spoken. I've, one time I had a, a person tell me, they said, my grandma made it seem like God just kept everything recorded, everything you ever done, you know, that he was going to punish you and, all, and, you know, everything you've ever said. Every, and I was like, yeah, well, your grandma was right. Every deed done in darkness, every thought, word, and deed is going to come in judgment. It's going to come out. You're going to be exposed. That's why the Bible says in the book of John that men hate the light. They love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because they fear their deeds will be exposed. Jesus said they hate me because I, I'm exposing them, because I, I'm, bringing, right, I'm bringing truth and exposing the lies. I'm exposing the sin. They, they hate me because I testify that their deeds are evil. That's why they hate Christ. That's why they crucified the Son of Man. And so uh, the next thing, after I took him into the kind of a courtroom setting, and share with him that, that there has to be a payment for sin. That the judge, uh, you know, has the demands of justice. You know, the Word of God says that God will in no way clear the guilty. That He is a just judge, and He is if He's good, He has to be angry at sinners. He has to be angry. He's not going to throw the sin into hell. No, He throws the sinner into hell. And so the anger is pointed at the sinner. So that's the reason why we realize that putting the cart way before the horse is saying, "Hey, God loves you." Well, not in the state that they're in. Yes, he's demonstrated his love, Romans 5, 8, but at the time, he's under God's wrath. We need to see that. I know this is not popular, and this is probably not what your preacher says every Sunday, but it's the, it's the Word of God. This is the truth of God's Word. Search it out. Be a Berean for yourself and see if these things are not so. Um, but when we look at sound theology, we look at God and his attributes holistically, that not just one attribute, but all of them. And God has made a way. That's the good news. And I want to announce this good news to this man. So the next thing I needed to do was give him a scenario. We call it three minutes to live. So I gave him this scenario. You can say uh, different storylines like I've gotten stabbed in the back. There's a knife in my back. I got three minutes to live. My life's blood's draining out of me. Or I got hit by a car. Literally have three minutes to live. Brain injury, blah, blah, blah. And what you're going to do is you're going to expose their workspace system by saying, what can I do to be saved? And they say, well, I hope you're a good person. They say, well, I'm not, I know I was not a good person. I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I've fornicated. I've lusted. I've blasphemed God's name. I've coveted other people's possessions. I've, I've broken God's law. And they say, well, you better hope God or the deity or whatever, the being, the Buddha, whatever it is, will forgive you. Then say, well, how would that be just if they just, he just passes over all my crimes? And you see what happens there? You put a big gap, a big, huge, you've blown a big hole into their theology, and especially in terms of, of a logical, rational um, system of thought when it comes to justice. So that is a way. Those are a few ways to uh, help a person see uh, the, the rationale to Christianity and how it's the, it's the only system. It's the only the gospel is the only message that says that the uh, the hero actually dies for the villain. <laughs> the good, uh, the the one 
John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the, the perfect spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the kindness of God to send forth His Son to die for sinners, for rebels like me and like you. This is the gospel truth. And so I wanted to proclaim that to him, but I knew what I needed to do next is stop applying just to or appealing just to his intellect, but I need to begin to appeal to his conscience. And that's the place where the battle is going to be won, the knowledge of right and wrong. And so I began to share some of the Ten Commandments with him. Paul said, by the law comes the knowledge of sin. When the commandment came, my sin became exceedingly sinful, that the law of God was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith, that there's no flesh that, to be justified uh, by the deeds of the law, but by the law comes the knowledge of sin. Those are several verses that share with us the use of the law is to show sin. And so once a person sees their sin, now they can see the kindness and mercy of God so they can fling themselves upon the mercy of God. And that is what I want to talk about next. So once he heard the law and saw his sin, and he realized God's not going to just look over his sin or acquit him of his charges just because he's sorry or done more good than bad. None of that's going to work. Then the good news, someone else came in, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the spotless, sinless Son of God, came in and paid the fine for you. Romans 5, 8, that, that while we were yet in sin, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. Romans six twenty three that the penalty, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, but he that does not believe in the Son stands condemned already, that Jesus Christ came into the world not con to condemn him, but that through him the, that he might be saved. And so this man was hearing the good news after the bad news was first presented. This is, a, 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 this is the gospel. It's not just the good news. It is the bad news and then the good news. Why? Because they cannot receive an antidote or a cure to a disease and they first convinced that they actually have the disease first. If I present to you a cure to Cronin's, uh, Groning's disease or cancer, you have no, you won't uh, <laughs> appropriate that cure. You won't be concerned until you see you have the disease. Then you'll reach out after it, you'll dive after it, you'll, you'll grasp it, and it'll be your very life's uh, source. It's your only hope, and that's what a person needs to see before they receive God's amazing grace. They've sinned against God, they're under His wrath, and what He's done is kindness. And so this is the message I wanted to share with him. I wanted to announce this to him. That word euangelion uh, is, is the word for announcement. And that's my desire. I want to get this man to the cross. So by this time, we've already arrived at his house, and I knew I planted the seed. I've, I've done my due diligence to be faithful, to present the gospel in its fullness. At that point, I said, can I please give you this book? And this, the book I was going to give him is a little book you can buy from livingwaters.com. Go to the store, and you can look. It says, Why Christianity? It's fantastic. There's also a DVD that goes along with it. Please, I'm telling you, you need to go watch it. I think it's on YouTube. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's Why Christianity, and they show the four major religions, and they give you the rationale, the logic between uh, why Christianity is true uh, among these other world, major world religions like Islam, his, uh, Hinduism, and Buddhism. So... Uh, with that said, I, I tried to give him the book, and he said, no, no, save that for somebody else. And uh, I said, hey, listen, please just take it. Uh, be, just consider it. Just read. It's very short. Uh, just give it a read. And he said, I'll take it, but I'm not going to read it. 
<laughs> and I said at that point, I said, I just, I wanted, I wanted his curiosity to get the best of him. I said, whatever you do, do not read that book. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed and, 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 and he closed the door after that. And uh, believe me, at this point, many people say, why don't you pray with him? Why don't you, uh, you know, try to lead him in the Lord's Prayer? Because I shared the gospel with him, I planted the seed, and I didn't see the contrition, the godly sorrow over his sin. I, I knew that I shared it with him, but I knew some of that cognitive dissonance was going on. I knew that it, it, he was battling the truth that I was sharing, and so I knew that the Holy Spirit, his job is to convince the world of sin, right? Of sin, righteousness, and coming judgment. And so I knew God is God, I am not, and let God do the rest of the work. I didn't have to close the deal, so to speak. Now, uh, I know this uh, flies in the face of modern Christianity uh, or modern evangelism, but we're not to close the deal. God does that part. Not to say we don't pray with people. If you see a person become contrite, uh, humble by, by, by their sin, and, and they become convicted of it, and they say, what must I do? Be saved, basically, something along those lines. You know a person's, uh, they're responding. Uh, now you say, repent of your sin and believe the gospel. Place your implicit trust in Christ alone for salvation. And so anyway, hope this has been informative for you. Once again, you can get a whole lot more information by going to our article. Uh, the blog is Sharing the Gospel with a Buddhist. You can find it once again on Reach My City app as well as reachmycity.com. Um, there is uh, tons, I mean, just a plethora of information on our website as well as our app. In fact, we have a show, a TV show that, that airs every Wednesday for Witness Wednesdays. <laughs> and we have one that we just shared last time called Gospel Fire. I highly suggest you go to our YouTube page and subscribe. It's Reach My City on YouTube as well. Uh, you listen to this podcast. We have another podcast called Reach My City on iTunes, um, also on Spotify and other podcasting apps as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I do want to share one more story, if you'll hang tight with me, of a Buddhist, and then uh, I'll look forward to my next time being with you. I was actually uh, carrying a cross. It was a 10-foot wooden cross, and I carried it 21 miles this day through the city of Mobile, my city, and a, a guy stopped. Uh, he was an Asian, uh, and uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he was actually from China. Um, he had been here for a little while. Um, spoke pretty good English, some broken English, but pretty good. I could understand him. And he was Buddhist, didn't know it at the time, and he stopped. And he thought I was carrying this cross, trying to get it to another place. He didn't see it as a cross, though. He just thought I was carrying wood. He actually told me, hey, put that in the back of my truck, and I'll, I'll take it wherever you're going. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not carrying this somewhere. I'm, I'm, this is a message I'm carrying. I'm, I said, you know about the cross, and uh, I started to mention Jesus, and he said, oh, oh, Jesus. He said, yeah, Jesus, Buddha, uh, all these. He said, yeah, all, all the same. I said, no, 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 not, not the same. No, they're, they're uh, contradicting each other and what they're saying. I said, no, let me, let me share with you. Anyway, you know what he did? You wouldn't believe this. He actually took my cross from me, put it on his own back, and begin to walk with it like I was, locked his truck. I, I know that's kind of a crazy story, but this really happened. And he walked with me. Once again, I know his worldview, so he's like, well, if I help this guy, if I do this religious thing, this is going to help me, right? I, I can over, overcome my evil or whatever it may be in his mind. So he began to carry it, and I'm thinking, this dude does not know what he's doing. 
I mean, I'm about to literally share the gospel with this guy while he's carrying the cross. So I let him. I let him carry that cross, and I began to share the gospel with him. And at some point, I said, I said, Jesus Christ died for your sins. I shared, of course, I'm not going to get into the message again. You know what I shared. I've already shared that with you. I said, but what did, here's the, here's the thing I asked. I said, what has Buddha done for your sins? And at this point, he literally turns around, looks at me, and he says, I, I, can't, I can't walk any further with you. He gives me back the cross, and I just grab his arm, and I said, I said, hey, listen, I want to pray for you. And I just began to pray for him. <clears throat> he bowed his head respectfully, but I prayed that he would hunger and thirst after righteousness, that he would, and that, what, that, what I mean by that is that he would hunger for forgiveness, to be made right with God, and I prayed some other prayers over him, and it was, it was a really cool experience. I did get to share the entire message with him as well. That was a very uh, interesting encounter. Uh, but lastly, I wanted to share with you, I had a guy in my high school that was Buddhist, and I got to share the gospel with him. I'm not going to get into the full story. This podcast has been long enough. But I actually got to see that guy come to Christ, to saving faith in Christ, as well as becoming later on a worship leader. So can a Buddhist be saved? Yes, they can. Why? Because God is saving people. He's drawing people to himself. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. That God is reconciling the world back to himself, uh, not counting man's sins against them. That's where the gospel takes place, that he that became sin for us, that knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so... We're justified by faith. And the Word of God says now we're, in, we're His ambassadors, that we are making, He is making an appeal through us. And that's the reason why we witness. That's why we go and share the gospel. Romans 5.1 says, Now therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we now have peace with God, and we gained access into this grace, and now which we stand. And so that's our great hope, is that they'll now have peace with God, no, no longer be an enemy to God. Once I was an enemy of God, but God bridged that gap, and God called me to himself. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening into the podcast. I pray and hope that if you are a believer that you'll be active in sharing your faith and that you will yourself do your due diligence to study, to show yourself approved as a, work, as a workman that needs not to be ashamed, but to rightly divide the word of truth. And not only that, but to be able to give an answer for the hope that you have. And so studying apologetics, studying other world religions, all these types of things is helpful when it comes to sharing your faith because you never know, you might actually run across a Buddhist. At that point, hopefully you'll be ready to defend the faith and share the gospel. Just make sure to not put, put the cart before the horse. Make sure a person sees their sin so that they will reach out for a Savior and throw themselves upon the mercy of God. R.C. Sproul one time said, a great theologian of our time, I'm not going to reach out for a Savior until I see that I need Him desperately. Paul Washer one time said, Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's what a person needs to see, is that they're bankrupt, that there's nothing they can do to make themselves right. The only thing they can do is throw themselves upon the mercy of the judge. And Romans chapter 3, verse 19 says, All People will be guilty before God. Their mouths will be stopped. They'll try to, they want to justify themselves, but they can't. That's why I shared Romans 5 1. They can only be justified by faith. And that's the great 
news of the gospel that the judge himself of all the earth provides the justification for their sin and forgiveness that's been made available through Christ. Jesus Christ said he had the authority to forgive sins on the earth, and he died and he rose again on the third day, proving that statement was true. May you place your full, implicit trust in Christ. Confess and forsake your sin. God bless you so much. This is Johnny Gaston from Reach My City. I hope you'll join us if you're in the mobile area or the surrounding areas to come out and share the gospel with us. This Saturday, we have a witnessing event at a local park, Medal of Honor Park on Hillcrest Road. And uh, that's going to be from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. We'll be handing out free snow cones and sharing the gospel, passing out gospel tracks. Uh, we have a lot going on this weekend. In fact, tonight I'm going to be training a group of young adults in evangelism. Uh, in fact, at 5 o'clock I'm going to be traveling with uh, my companion, uh, evangelism coach Devin Brown, to speak to a man's group in Saraland, Alabama. And uh, then later on, training people in evangelism, these young adults, uh, I preach Saturday morning on the book of Romans at the Mission of Hope and then go out to the outreach at 12 o'clock uh, off of uh, Hillcrest at the park. And then I preach on Sunday morning at Temple Baptist Church in Helena or Big Point, Mississippi. So i got a lot going on. Please pray for me. And uh, I trust that God will use this to further his kingdom. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being with you again next time.